Welcome back, y'all, to Bullish Project for yet another episode. And here I am, week five, on another Monday. It's like 9.21 at night, actually, this time. So it's still getting late. But in my defense, I still have yet to figure out how to be a morning person. So better late than never is what they say, right? So I'm still going to post this tonight. And for those of you who don't get a chance to listen tonight and they are going to listen tomorrow, I still appreciate you. Appreciate everybody who listens, by the way. We're five episodes in. That sounds so weird to say. Five episodes in. Like every week that I just get get on my computer, turn on the camera, turn on the recorder, and I post this to the Spotify, to the to the YouTube, to all those different places. And I go through the routine all week. I think about what I want to talk about. And I formulate different ideas and stories based on what I observe. And here we are for the fifth Monday in a row. Man, this is exciting. But today's episode, we'll just go ahead and get into the episode. That was a bad transition. Oh, well, I'm getting better. We're going to transition better at some point. But anyway... Today's episode is overcoming fear, how to sort of deal with fear, um, and and really how to attack it, like when you are in that moment where you're fearful. And, and to give you some examples, uh, this episode is probably going to be one of the longer episodes, uh, maybe, I don't know, we'll find out, but um, I got a few scenarios that I want to talk about uh, to kind of give you guys an idea what fear is because it is in a bunch of different scenarios whether it is moving to that place that you wanted to move to for the longest time and finally taking that step forward and just doing it or if it is going to 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 a new job or anything new rather there's a common theme with fear it's it's generally anything new and with that being said I'm going to give you guys some examples so before I get into it though I do have a fun little story to tell you, I've actually, I went to two different shows this week, um, and I'm going to talk about both of them on this episode, because music is my life outside of work and this podcast. Um, I, I find myself at at two to three shows a month, probably, or concerts, as some people may call it, which I, I do not care either way. I call it shows. Some people call it concerts, uh, whatever. I am open to all of that. It doesn't bother me. I just call it shows. That's just me. Anyway, so I, I go to about one a week, one every other week, um, to local places mostly, see a lot of my friends there, and for me, it is sort of a comfort zone, right? So there is no fear with the comfort that I have in going to shows. That's what brings me comfort, and so I do have to kind of step back sometimes to improve myself and think, what can I do that is new that will put me in a position to not be comfortable and be sort of fearful and be just not in my comfort zone, right? What can I do to grow myself on a day-to-day basis? That's what I try to ask myself. And this particular story starts at uh, a show I went to in Columbus, Ohio, actually, last Wednesday. For those who are listening to this and you know who I'm talking about, I saw Said the Sky, which one of my favorite DJs of all time and he just makes music that that really sets in really nice with my soul. And I could just, man, that show, oh my God, I'm thinking about it now, I'm getting off track. But anyway, I was at the show 
And and this story doesn't necessarily have to do with today's topic. I just think it's kind of funny because it kind of brings the human out in me. But right before Said This Guy came on, of course, he had some openers. So we watched the openers, me and my friend. We kind of walked around a little bit. We had the VIP uh, passes. So we went, which funny story sidetracked from that. I'm going to go like in a circle here. Um, I didn't have VIP at first. I had GA. So I go up to the guy at the counter after we already got in, we got a drink or whatever. I go up to the guy at the counter. I'm like, look, man, is there any way that I could get a VIP upgrade? He's like, yeah, man, sure. 20 bucks. I was like, cash. And I gave him that little like, like unsure look like, because I didn't have cash on me. He was like, yeah, cash. And I was like, man, I ain't got it. And I started to walk away. But he he kind of reached out. He was like, you got Venmo, cash up? Because he sighed a little bit. He's like, man, another guy who doesn't have cash and I have to take this like uh, a non-normal way. Uh, something that's probably not procedural for him. He normally probably just takes um, <clears throat> cash for the upgrades. So that's fine with me. I, w- I was prepared to just walk away because if, if that's how he does it, that's how he does it. But he stopped me. He's like, hey, man, you got like cash app or Venmo? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I pulled out my Venmo real quick, gave him 20 bucks, got the VIP upgrade. And we we go up to the balcony because there is a, a balcony access for those with VIP. And we're just kind of looking around and, and admiring this whole place because the whole show was amazing. Everyone who went on that stage and performed, it was incredible. And we start to look around. We actually found one of my friends who was who was downstairs at the bottom level. So me and my friend decided to go down and visit with him. When we get to him, he's kind of jam-packed right in front of the um, audiovisual people. Like they have all their equipment set up. They have a gate. So we're kind of right in front of the gate, mostly towards the back. But the venue isn't that big anyway. So we're kind of towards the front if you think about it. And uh, But we're towards the back of the front, if that makes sense. Uh, because there's like a walkway that when you go into the venue. So you walk into the venue and then you get like down these few little steps and then there's this big area where the venue actually is. So that's where we're at. We're right in front of the audiovisual people and we stay there for most of the show. But when it comes time for Said the Sky, which is who we're all there for, my buddy looks at me, he's like, hey, do you want to kind of move up when everybody goes to the bathroom or whatever after this dude ends? And I'm like, yeah, I would love to. I want to get, you know, a little closer anyway. For me, side note, I am taller. If you guys don't know who I am personally, I'm about 6'3", 6'4", in that range. Um, 6'3 and a quarter, 6'3 and a half, something like that. So we'll just say 6'3". So I'm a decently tall guy. And especially when I'm going to shows, I never really thought about it from a different perspective in terms of people who are shorter than me. But this happened to me once before where I kind of like I'm taller and then I go to surge into the crowd and find an empty spot. And for this particular show, what had happened was there was somebody behind us who said, hey, we've been here all night and you guys just shoved your way through, which we didn't really shove our way through. We were polite about it and we just kind of said, excuse me, and we went through and I didn't go super far up. Because for me, if if I don't see a spot for me to go into the crowd, I just won't do it. You know, if I if I can kind of see a way for me to say excuse me and kind of finagle my way through, then I will. But I don't go super far up because it's just, you know, I'm forcing my way into something. And I'm not the kind of guy to force something just with, with anything. 
You know, I'd, I'd rather just let everything flow the way it flows. And this couple, this dude was like, hey, you know, my girlfriend can't see. Can you guys move over to your right a little bit? You guys kind of just stepped in front of us. And I'm like, at first I was like, this dude, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, what? who does he think he is? Like, it's a show with, it's a GA um, section where it's just first come, first serve on whichever spot you get. You kind of file in wherever. And this guy's like, oh, you need to move. You blo- you're blocking the view of my girlfriend, which I do feel bad. I am a tall guy. But... At the same time, where am I supposed to go? I literally looked around because at first I was caught off guard and I wasn't very happy with the man who said that to me. And I was like, I, I turned back at him. I was like, yeah, there's nowhere to go, man. I, I'd move if I could, but I'm, I'm sorry. There's nowhere to go. And we, we just kind of filed in. This is, this is where we're at now. And, and I was kind of upset for sure that he said that. And then I was thinking, I was like, Man, like literally in the same five seconds, five to 10 seconds of me saying that, because I was kind of rude about it, but not really. I was just more passive aggressive. In the same five to 10 seconds, I thought to myself and I was like, well, people have done that to me before. And, you know, I'm, I am a tall guy, so, you know, I, I should kind of move, but I can't, right? As soon as that happens, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. So I just move on few minutes later show starts and this dude just comes barreling in like he kind of bumped into me and I felt like he was just shoving his way through which is whatever I'm not going to judge him I don't know how the situation happened the only thing I remember is him getting to me and bumping me because that's where it starts that's where the situation starts that's what I remember he bumps me and he just kind of steps in front of me and he's about my height so I can't see anything else and <laughs> And I'm thinking back about five minutes ago when the couple who I stepped in front of had that same issue. And I was like, man, here's a taste of my own medicine. But I also kind of because I was mad about him cutting in front of me, but I was also not really considerate of the people who were shorter than me, like their feelings uh, when I stepped in front of them, which I can't really help. I'm a tall guy, but no matter where I go, I'm probably going to be blocking someone's view. So it was just kind of funny because uh, when that happened to me, I was like, hmm, I kind of chuckled in my own head for a second because the whole thing happened. He bumped me. He stepped in front of me. I was like, what the heck? And then it hit me and I was like, oh, so that's how it feels. Nice. So just a fun little story to to get you guys into the uh, mindset of how I think because I am human too, and I am emotional sometimes, and when something like that happens, I think more of with my emotions than I do logically, which is fine. It happens. I'm human. No worries. But anyway, let's get into today's episode. That was a long intro. It was a story I wanted to tell because I thought it was pretty funny, and uh, and I wanted to uh, just kind of break the ice a little bit. So anyway, I want to talk about a little bit of my work life, which I don't want to do too deep into. Um, I work for corporate. I don't know how they'd feel if I was talking too much about my work on a non-sanctioned kind of thing. I don't know. We're not going to name drop anything. We're not going to say anything about that particular company. I'm just going to talk about my experience and what I do day to day because I do have something that relates to this episode. But anyway, I go into work last Thursday, actually, the day after the show happened. And of course, I drove home from Columbus because it was in Columbus. And some of you guys know I live in Cincinnati. 
or right across the bridge from Cincinnati. So it was like two hours. And I picked up my friend. So he lives about an hour from me. So it was about an hour and a half to his place uh, because it was like it was like a triangle, basically. Like I went to his place and then to the venue and then back to uh, his place to drop him off and then and then to my place. So if I went straight to Columbus, it would kind of make a triangle. Yeah. For those of you on YouTube, you're you're kind of a. Uh, getting the uh, front row seat here to my visuals as I just kind of point around in random directions. But anyway, so I had to do that after the show, same day. I had to work the next day. And I worked the early shift, which is 8 a.m. for my job. And I didn't get home till about 3 or 4 a.m. So as you guys can imagine, if I wake up about an hour, hour and a half before I have to be at work just to get ready, I get about, you know, three hours of sleep at most. <laughs> So I'm tired, right? Very tired. Well, I go into work and my manager's like, hey, we need to make these calls. First of all, I'm in sales, just to give you guys a background, if you guys don't know, uh, cellular sales to be more specific. So I sell cell phones, no pun intended, cell phones, get it, LOL. Anyway, so he, he looks at me, he's like, yeah, we got this call blitz today and a call blitz for those who are not in that uh, industry is basically just, you know, you, you have a certain amount of time that you allot to this particular task, and it is essentially cold calls, which in this case would be almost warm calls because they are customers who have been qualified in some sort of manner for the specific product that we are trying to push. So it's more or less value for them if they want it. And for me, with sales, I was never the kind of guy to be shady about it or to chase the paycheck, even though chasing the paycheck is part of the job. It's a money-motivated business. But I was always motivated by taking care of the customer first, hence this podcast, because I'm doing this for free, and I think that this knowledge is valuable for most people. Anyway, I was never really that guy to be a shady seller, so I would always try to think about what's in it for the customer. And these cold calls, put that in quotes, were not necessarily cold calls, but I was just picking up the phone and randomly calling them to try to sell them something. And ultimately, you just need to get a gauge on if they're even interested, because if they are interested, then the product sells itself. So that, that's kind of how I gauge you know, what I'm going to sell somebody is I ask them a few questions, discover what they need, if they do need anything. And then I go from there. There was actually a side note, Jordan Belfort, um, I think is what his name is. He's uh, the dude that they made the Wolf of Wall Street movie on. Most of you guys should know that. But if you don't, quick background. I actually saw a clip of him on um, like NBC, ABC, uh, CNBC, one of those big broadcasting networks. And he was talking with, I believe it was Piers Morgan about sales tactics. And he said, all right, man, sell me this pen. And he kind of handed the pen to Jordan. And Jordan's like, wait, you know, you can't just like say, sell me this pen. Like I would ask you a ton of questions first to even figure out if you even need the pen. Right. So he's like, first, I would ask, well, how long have you been in the market for a pen? Right. And he goes through the sales process. So uh, quick side note, sales is not just let me try to sell you something and chase the paycheck. And especially for me, it was always taking care of the customer. So I would always ask them what they needed first and, and ask them questions to qualify them for certain products. 
and give them the option. That was basically my big thing is just give them the option. Tell them that a certain product exists and tell them their pricing options or, you know, mock up a few different options with a few different services. Let them choose. That was always my viewpoint. So I'm doing these cold calls, right? I got super sidetracked. Back to the cold calls. I'm doing the cold calls, right? And I have a list of people to call with their phone numbers um, and the names and all that stuff. So I pick up the phone call and I just start doing it. If you would have asked me a year ago, two years ago to do cold calls, I'd be like, what? No way. I'm not doing that. No way. Because I was fearful about it. And now when you're, and I think the, the key with fear, right? The key with fear is to not be in it for yourself. Be in it for the person that you're talking to. Especially when it comes to you trying to sell something. Most people who are trying to sell something are afraid of a no, right? This could be with anything. Let me, let me do the more broad perspective here and say you're trying to sell yourself. You're trying to sell yourself or your product or whatever you're trying to sell because you're trying to be a business owner. You're trying to do this or that, whatever it is. And you're trying to sell basically that product or yourself. Most people are afraid of a no. And as soon as they get that first no, second no, third no, they're like, all right, I'm done. I guess this just wasn't meant for me. And sometimes that's a good thing because maybe you were meant to go in a different direction. But other times, if you were meant to go in the direction of where you are headed and you give up after that third, fourth, fifth no, then you just weren't meant to have it anyway. You weren't meant to be successful because you're giving up on what three or four or five people think about you. You know, there's a lot of successful stories out there. I don't need to mention any of them. You know, Oprah, right? Oprah's story, Google that. Um, a lot of people, you know, who were successful, any, any one of them probably has a story about how they had 50 no's, 100 no's, 40 years worth of no's before they finally made it. And then they finally did because they just kept going. They weren't fearful when they got that first no, and they weren't fearful of the no either. They were just in their zone and they were in their process. So for me doing these cold calls, I was like, man, I do not have any issues with this anymore because most people think cold calls are just this horrible, super bad connotation. And for me, I don't think about it like that at all because I just don't care what the other person on the, on the line has to uh, what they think. Like I, I kind of care what they have to say because it would d determine where the conversation goes. But even if they say no, I'm like, okay, cool. You, you have a great day because First of all, I would, you know, I'd ask why they would say no. I would, I wouldn't take the first or second rejection. That's just kind of like sales 101. But eventually you get to a point where that customer is no longer qualified for the product you're trying to sell them for. And you need to stop wasting your time, stop wasting your time with that candidate and go to a different one. And you can really, really zoom out on this particular, um, this particular theme here. At some point, you need to disqualify the candidate that you are trying to get to say yes to you and move on to a different candidate. You can't force something. You just can't. You cannot force anything to happen at all. The only thing you can do is do what you do and let everything else fall into place. 
do what you do, focus on you, better yourself. And it sounds selfish, but literally just focus on yourself outside of whatever obligations you may have. Some people have kids, some people have family members that need to be taken care of. Some people have, you know, well, most people have work, but some people have all these different like moving parts, right? So all of those circumstances aside, because most people have a lot of those things and there are a lot of successful people out there. So don't use that as an excuse. Aside from all that, make it about yourself. What are you trying to achieve? And once you figure that out, then you can start blending in what you're trying to do with it. So that's essentially the theme of that story because what's crazy is I never would have thought that I was going to be the guy who's making cold calls. I used to be the guy who kind of judged the people making, making cold calls because most of the people you interact with are ones who are only worried about the sale. And, and that's just not how I operate. So I don't worry about what the other person has to think. I just ask them, hey, is this product for you? And if it's not, if they're not interested, I was like, okay, sweet. Have a great day. Let me know if you need anything else. Whatever it is, hang up the phone, look for the next candidate. And eventually you find what's meant to be. Because what is not meant to be, you cannot force. And what's meant to be will fall into place and you don't even have to work for it sometimes because you're going to do the work for yourself. And then in the sense of like other people, like say relationships, family, friends, whatever it is, you're going to meet the people you're supposed to meet. You're going to retain the relationships you're supposed to retain. And you're going to go throughout life the way it was supposed to be for you and only for you, not anybody else. You can't expect someone else to change for you and you should not expect um, or they should not expect you to change for them either. Like you don't, you shouldn't want them to change for you and you should not expect them to want to, uh, change yourself either because that's just dangerous. Like once you start adding in those extra layers, life just becomes too complicated and then we stress out and then we have all these different issues that we're creating ourselves we're, we're putting too much pressure on ourselves because we're worried about what Judy has to say on Facebook if we post a picture and we're not looking our best. Or if we go out and we see, you know, our, our friend, you know, that we haven't seen in a while. We go out and we're like, oh my God, I'm not dressed up for this. Like, for what? Who cares? Some people are just worried about things you should not be worried about. And it stems from being fearful, right? And overcoming that, is so tough because we're all trained with the new social media era to worry about what people are posting, what they're talking about, what they're doing 24-7. We're not trained to just focus on ourselves in today's era. When social media didn't exist, which I wasn't around for the most part, I assume that most people just did their stuff day to day and... That was it. They worried about pretty much themselves. They did the whole gossip thing. And I'm sure there's a lot of similar issues that we have today that, that, that there were back then. But a lot of those issues kind of got amplified because now it's like broadcasted at, at scale when you're talking about social media versus just what Betsy said in her little group 30 years ago. So it's a little different. And I, I totally get it. I used to be that guy who was worried about what somebody said about me you know, before social media and even after social media, 
what they said online. And the key to that, not being able to worry about, or I'll rephrase real quick, not worrying about what somebody else has to say or being fearful of what somebody else has to say stems from the fact that I know that I just do genuine by everyone that I interact with. I, I do them in a way like I don't I don't mess with their their life at all. Like I don't just try to do things with with a bad intention. I just don't. Like I'm I'm my own person and I do things genuinely and I do right by people all the time. And so I don't have to worry about what somebody else says because I know that even if they took it the wrong way, something I said, I know that I don't have a bad intention. And if that person has an issue with me enough to make an issue to social media or making an issue by going to their friends and having their friends turn on me and then there's this big thing, then that's on them because they don't want to talk to me at all. They, they wanted an excuse to not talk to me or they wanted an excuse to not be my friend. And a lot of these people, <clears throat> I'm a little sniffly. I got the uh, some allergies. The weather's changing too much. Apologize if I sound a little uh, mucusy. I apologize. Anyway, a lot of these people just want to follow somebody else. So you get these clicks, right? If you're in high school, if you're in college, even even after college, a lot of people act like they're still in high school after high school. You got people in their 30s and 40s who just cannot give it up. And I'm here to tell you give it up, right? This is your sign to just give it up. You don't need to go gossip about somebody because of what they're wearing or because of what they're saying. Like, just don't worry about it. I don't know why you're worried about them to begin with. Going back to what I was just saying before, focus on yourself. Focus on making yourself better every single day. And that's all you need to worry about. If you're looking to be successful, if you're looking to be mentally happy, physically happy, then you need to worry about yourself. It comes from being yourself. And this <clears throat> kind of brings me to my next point. My next example, because I have two more and I don't want to make this episode too long. I think the podcast does better when I just have all the ingredients whipped up in a short time frame. That way the viewers and listeners can get what they need in a short time frame. But I think there's a lot of content here. So I'm just going to roll with it. My next point is that I did go to another show this past week. It was actually yesterday. And I was so pumped to go because it was my first rock show in, I don't know, a couple of years. I go to shows all the time, even during COVID, when we had to do the pod shows. We had like pods with PVC pipes separating everybody. You can only have a group of like eight, six, four people, whatever it was. You had to buy your package, which I'm so glad those days are behind us. I know there's still issues in the world with the COVID and all that. I'm just so glad we don't have to separate like that anymore because part of what I enjoy with going to these shows is being able to hug and interact with all the people that I see there because I do recognize a lot of people at these shows and it's nice to just feel that comfort for just a second because day to day I'm working on the podcast, I'm typing up notes, I'm, I'm doing my regular job, I'm doing some other side stuff and I love what I do as far as all of these different side things and my normal 40 hour a week job. 
But to have that enjoyment and that balance for me is what makes me happy. I know there's serial serial entrepreneurs out there that just want to work constantly 80, 100, 120 hours a week, which are just insane numbers, just all day, 16 hours a day, whatever it is. You know, those people are like the Gary Vaynerchuks of life. Those people who just do not stop working until they physically need to sleep before they get up and do it all over again. I'm not that level of obsessed, but I am obsessed enough to have multiple different things that I'm working on and also doing a full-time job, which is not is a nice balance when you get to go out to these shows and just enjoy life for a second, hang with some friends and just stop and soak everything in. It's really nice. I went to this show though, which again, my first rock show in a while, completely alone. And when I say completely alone, I don't mean I went to the show alone and met some people there because I do go to shows alone and I do see familiar faces and that does comfort me. But I mean completely alone where I walked in and not from start to finish did I, need, did I see any familiar face at all. And part of me got a little anxious, not going to lie. Because I'm preaching this, oh, overcoming fear and making all these different strides. But again, I'm human too. I said that earlier in the episode. I'm human too. I just preach what my more consistent attitude is, which is overcoming that and just doing it. I go to lunch all the time, dinner all the time by myself. I go to restaurants all the time by myself. That does not bother me. I do a lot of things by myself. Go to the grocery store. A lot of things that most people my age would not do by themselves from what I gather. Going to shows up until recently were never going to be something that I do by myself. But I started to go by myself because I knew that I would see a familiar face there. But now there's a whole nother layer to it. Now I'm just going completely alone. Nobody to talk to during intermission. Nobody to laugh and share the experience with just me. And I'll tell you how it worked out for me because this particular show was one that I've been waiting for for a long time. It was my favorite band, one of my favorite bands anyway, Rise Against. And they came, by, by the way, if you were at either one of these shows that I mentioned, Said This Guy or Rise Against, and you're listening to this for some reason, I love you so much. And you should reach out to me because we should talk. I love music and I love talking about it. Anyway, I go to this show and I, I do get a little anxious. I'm looking around and I'm like, holy cow. And I, my instinct is to pull out my phone and just start going through social media or texting my friends because that's comforting to me. But I'm kind of looking around and I'm just soaking it, soaking it in. Like everything that I see is amazing. I see a lot of people who are cutting it up, enjoying their time. It's loud because everybody's talking. There's music playing, but it's not as loud as the actual music because there's no band. They're doing like the changeover. And it's kind of cool at the same time. I never really thought that that would be something I would do by myself. And here I am doing all of these things by myself and just letting go of all the fears that I used to have day by day. I'm a better person when it comes to being fearful. I just start doing things. Because on paper, it's super simple. Nike said it themselves. Just do it, right? Just do it. On paper, it's so simple. 
when you actually do it and you're the one actually doing it, man, does it change. Because then you have the emotion attached to that situation, not you on the sidelines yelling to the players on the field. You are now one of the players on the field. It's a whole different world. But I will, t- I will tell you this because I did have some takeaways. And, and me personally, I am a guy who likes to be by myself for the most part. Um, it's a balance. I like to be with people. I love people. I love the people in my life and I'm extremely grateful and I love to talk to them and interact with them. I love my alone time as well. I love my alone time to still talk with people on this podcast. I love my alone time to be self-aware and reflect and grow personally. Like I'm listening to audiobooks nowadays, which books in general were just not a thing for me. And now I'm doing it. I'm, I'm making myself uncomfortable, which is something I never thought I'd do. I'm doing a lot of things and it stems from me being by myself and having my own thoughts without the cloudiness of other people around me, putting their inputs in all the time. And for the most part, I don't put weight on their opinions anyway. I used to, not anymore. If somebody says, hey man, this podcast is stupid, I'll be like, oh, that's cool, man. Um, you know, you should check out next week's episode because then I might talk about it on the episode, but then I'll move on. I'll be like, hey, man, this guy was like hating on my podcast and I kind of feel bad for him because I feel like I put out really good content and he doesn't like it. And that sucks because I really want him to like it. But do I care? No, because I know that I enjoy what I do and I have the utmost confidence in what I do, even though I'm a small creator who is still trying to get his feet wet and figure this out. But I know the people closest to me, if they were to turn this on, they would get so much value out of this. And I do it for free because I know that a lot of people have some mindset problems like I used to have in terms of seeing things the wrong way or doing things in a way that should not be done. I used to be that guy. I just, I just don't care anymore. So when people say that, just whatever, you know, that's, that's more of a reflection on them, not me. Cause if they're hating my stuff and they're coming to me or on my page to hate my stuff, they're in a really bad spot for sure. And I feel bad for it. But people stop. Because the moral of the story is people just stop because they think about doing something themselves and they just don't want to do it. They're like, they would literally exclude anything that has to be done alone. Hey, you should go to the store. Oh, I'm not going to go to the store because my friend Brandy isn't free. I'm like, what? You you can't go to the store by yourself? You can't, like, go out to eat by yourself? You have to have somebody holding your hand the whole time? Why? It's liberating to be by yourself sometimes. And I wish more of you could see it the way I see it. Because at the show, I just had such, it was almost like an epiphany. Or epiphany? I don't know how you say that. Anyway, like a vision. And I had this realization that when I'm by myself, I can just enjoy things so much more because I don't have the cloudiness of everyone else around me giving me their opinions. And to give you an example of that, my work 
who should still remain unnamed for now until I figure out the logistics of whether or not I can name drop. Anyway, my work has this protocol for any security incidents that happen within the store. I work in a retail store and obviously things that can go wrong will go wrong sometimes. So they have a lot of measures in place to deter anyone who will try to do something wrong, aka steal, whatever, rob, anything that may happen bad. So there's a lot of protocol in place to limit that. But if that does happen, there's also protocol for the aftermath, you would say. Um, once that incident does happen, if somebody does rob the store or cause a security incident that needs to be documented, especially if the police get involved, they tell you to not speak to anybody. Why do they do that? I used to ask myself that a lot because I just see it in the binder or on paper and sometimes it just doesn't click with me why they would want to do that. Why does it matter? And so for some of you, you guys may understand this already or me just even saying that, you guys probably already know what I'm going to say. But the reason they do that is because if you start talking with your coworker and then they start talking and they start talking, you get, you get this big game of telephone basically. And their idea behind it is that you're going to start talking about what happened and it's going to give you a very blurred version of what actually happened. So for them, say a police officer, police officer needs to interview four or five different people. Then they're going to pull you aside separately and they're going to ask you what happened from start to finish and ask you to give as much detail as possible. Personally, never been through it. But I'm pretty sure that's how it works based on what I hear and what I've seen on these uh, real slash fake crime TV shows, whatever. They're going to interview you and ask you to give like a statement, basically. They're going to write everything down. They're going to ask you to tell your side of the story, basically, of what happened from start to finish. The reason they don't want you talking is because it blurs it. So... And you got to think it from their perspective too, because if they're interviewing five different people and they have consistent details between all five people or four out of five people, then they're going to take that as almost fact, right? They still have to do their own investigation, whatever. But it, if it's corroborated by multiple people, then that is probably a version, more or less, maybe it's missing a minor detail or two, it's probably a version of what happened. But if you're like, oh, yeah, man, I can't believe he was wearing that black sweater. And then somebody comes around in and said, no, he was wearing a red sweater, right? Just, just minor details. And that sounds silly. But when you are in that fearful moment where things start to happen so rapidly and you can't really process it. And then after the fact, your adrenaline's just going crazy. You will start to forget those key details. And now... You had one person say black, you had one person say red sweater. So what is it? Is it a black sweater? Or is it a red sweater? Was it white shoes? Was it pink shoes? Like a, like a light pink shoe, you know what I'm saying? That's why they don't want you to do that. And for me, being by myself is just a way for me to 
see life the way I want to see it and not have any doubt in my mind because I don't need to hear it from other people. And as much as I love the people I interact with, I want to just have that for myself. I want to see life the way I want to see it. I want to die on my own sword, as they say. And I want to taste things the way I want to do it. I work a full-time job right now, 40 hours a week. And I'm doing things like this podcast and my other side hustle stuff. Because eventually I want to get to a point where I can die on my own sword. Instead of somebody else telling me what to do. And then I go and do that. But then I fail. And now who do I have to blame? Well, it wasn't my fault. He told me to do it. I don't want that. I would rather do it my way and maybe get some feedback on anything that I do. But I would still rather do it my way because then if it doesn't work out, then I only have myself to blame and I cannot blame somebody else. Nobody else gets that power over me because I can do it my way. And that kind of sounds hard-headed of me to say. It's not me saying, oh, it's my way or the highway. I'm saying, let me do it my way. And if that doesn't work, then I have myself to blame and that's it. If it doesn't work, then I'm the only person that can take blame for it. And the only person that I should blame for it is myself. But when you give somebody else that power, when they tell you what to do, you give somebody else that power to, you know, basically now you go and do what they told you to do. But who are you going to blame when it fails? You're not going to blame yourself because you weren't the one who came up with the idea and you weren't the one who actually wanted to do it that way in the beginning. Especially like if you're at work and your boss is like, no, we need to do it this way. And you know, for sure, first of all, I know a lot of people can relate to this and you should listen very closely. If you're listening right now, first of all, we're about 42 minutes in. If you've made it this far, I love you. Listen to this very closely because this is a lot of people out there right now. This is me sometimes. If you get in a situation where your boss tells you to do it one way and you're just like, no, that doesn't make sense. We should do it this way. But they're the boss and you don't want to stand on your own two feet because they they have that power over you to fire you, to reprimand you, whatever. So you do it their way and it doesn't work. A lot of people are going to be like, see, I told you so. And the C, I told you so, is fine. But again, it puts the blame on them because they're the ones who had the idea. So it it should be their fault, right? And it shouldn't even be on you because it was your boss's idea. It should be on your boss. But now flip that real quick and imagine you starting your own business. Somebody else tells you what to do, which obviously sounds ludicrous. Because most people wouldn't take advice from somebody who doesn't have skin in the game. And you shouldn't. Anyway, somebody tells you what to do. And you're unsure of what your process looks like. So you're not confident in your ability to execute. Excuse me. I kind of burped there for a sec. You're not confident in your ability to execute. So you kind of take their advice. You're like, well, let's see how it goes. If it doesn't go the way you want it to go, you're going to blame them. And whoever told you to do that doesn't deserve to be blamed because that's your business. And on the flip side of that, you should not be taking advice from somebody else who isn't a part of the business or the side hustle or whatever. That is something strong to think about. 
Last thing, I spent a lot of time on that bit. Last thing I want to talk about today is about something I saw on social media. I actually just decided to throw this in the episode this week um, because I saw it online and I saw a very overwhelming amount of um, similar comments, I will say, and support for this kind of mindset. I'll put it out there real quick to give you guys a backstory. Game Informer, which is like a gaming news website slash um, account for Facebook, Instagram, whoever you follow them on. They basically take all the gaming news. They give you the most important stuff. um, And that's pretty much it, right? It's news. That's how news works. And they put out something. This was just today about Sony reportedly going to invest a billion dollars into the metaverse. And I think it was Epic Games that they made this investment with. So Epic Games, Fortnite, most of you guys know, they are obviously going to take their stab at the metaverse because it's very popular right now. It's it's the trend right now to be in the metaverse and NFTs and crypto and Dogecoin and Shiba and all these different terms that you might hear. A lot of that is super big with the average community, especially Shiba and Dogecoin because it's so accessible. Well, the metaverse is not accessible. And I put a lot of emphasis on that. Accessible. It's not accessible to most people yet because the metaverse, which, you know, you have platforms like the Sandbox, which is basically a digital world where you can buy digital real estate. You know, Snoop Dogg and a lot of these other people are in on that. A lot of people aren't hip to that yet. So they make the same mistake of, which I wasn't old enough or alive when the most of this stuff happened, but a lot of the like Y2K stuff back in 2000, the internet boom back in like 2000, which I was alive, but I wasn't old enough to remember. You had this big internet boom for, you know, a lot of these different um, websites like eBay, Amazon, whatever was existing back then. Most people are like, this is a fad. This is stupid. Why would anybody do that? This is crazy. And the same is true based on the history that I have researched since I wasn't old enough to know or understand. Based on the history I've researched, this is a cycle that most people go through every single time something new comes out because they're fearful, right? Let's, let's bring it back to the main theme here. They're fearful. So how do you overcome that? How do you not fall into the trap of being the person who always hates on something when it first comes out or always dismisses it and, oh, yeah, this is just a fad. This isn't going to work. How do you overcome that? Because it's so easy to discredit something that hasn't proven themselves yet. It's so easy because you got companies like Facebook and Apple and all these companies, which 15 years ago, most of those companies weren't that big. 15, maybe we'll say 20 at this point. First of all, 20 years ago, Facebook didn't exist. And 20 years ago for Apple, they were just getting started for the most part. Nothing like what it is today, mainly because of the technology restrictions. But nobody kind of knew what was going to happen with them until it happened because they didn't want to believe in the changing world. They're so stuck in their ways because they like the comfort and they don't want to take that chance. Which, by the way, that 
Crypto.com did it best. I think this is this is the catchphrase or, or slogan or whatever it is, whatever you call it, that resonates with me the most. Tagline, maybe that's it. This is the tagline that resonates with me the most. They actually debuted this commercial for the Super Bowl. So some of you may have seen it. It's with LeBron James and with young LeBron James in the same room, which props to whoever decided to do that because that was incredible. And whoever made that happen, you're a genius, um, especially the people who actually brought it to life, not just the concept, like that whole process start to finish, incredible because technology in these in this day and age just wows me. Anyway, that commercial at the very end, <clears throat> The commercial says, fortune favors the brave. So why wouldn't more people be brave? Because they want to stick to what they know and what works. They want to stick to what works. They don't know if the metaverse is going to work yet. Because it hasn't necessarily proven itself to be valuable other than it's just some digital item that you can't use in real life. But... Hear me now, because this, this same cycle is going to happen with the internet boom, the dot-com boom. It, it, the same thing is going to happen with the metaverse. <clears throat> and I didn't even talk about the comments I saw on that post. So I'll explain briefly because I'm kind of all over the place. I'm, I'm talking mainly from my uh, thoughts and not the notes right now. But the comments said... Oh, this is trash. Like, why did you do that, Sony? Um, <clears throat> I could bring it up, but man, there was just so many hateful comments. Like, oh, there was a bad decision. They, you know, they should just get out now. And I, I did see some supporting comments. Some of them said, well, they need to um, jump on the train now because they're going to end up like Blockbuster. Maybe you should go ask Blockbuster if they thought it was a smart move to get into streaming. And that's so true. Blockbuster didn't get on that train at all or or really you know they did it they did a poor job of executing and look where they're at now they're bankrupt for the most part there might be like one store that exists still and why why would they still exist if they're still selling the same old dvds and renting all that stuff that is so outdated which by the way i grew up on that stuff and i have such a love for it but it's more my nostalgia that loves it more than anything because that's what I attach a lot of my childhood memories to. I would far prefer to be in a digital world where everything is accessible instantly because why wouldn't you? Excuse me. Holy cow. Um, I just got like this weird feeling with my sinuses. Apologize if you guys heard that. Anyway, the the nostalgia part of it for me was mainly just the childhood memories. So again, instantly accessible things. Why wouldn't you want to be in that position? It, it's just a no brainer. So now you have the metaverse, which is largely instantly accessible. Now it is not as accessible as some other things. But you have this world where basically everything's just digital. It's going to be the same thing as trading cards. Because you can buy digital trading cards now. NFTs, which you take a, a 
a trading card, um, Pokemon card, sports card, whatever. We'll just say sports cards because that's the most popular item right now. As far as resale market and collector art, collector's market, you can make NFTs of that, which the 76ers have already started doing this and some other people, which I haven't um, researched lately. Personally, those collector's items are not my kind of NFTs or collectibles in general. But that doesn't mean they're not valuable and that doesn't mean they are not here to stay. Metaverse, Web3, NFTs, crypto, blockchain, you should get familiar with those terms because it will not go away. And a lot of these big companies are going to start doing some massive things with it. And if you do not adapt now, you will be left behind, I promise you. So do not be fearful and just go for it. Because if you're, if you're not going to go for it and you're going to stick to what you know, you're going to stay in your old ways and you're never going to adapt and learn and be on the other side of fortune. You're going to be on the misfortune side and you're going to wonder what happened because you're going to wake up one day when your whole life is NFTs and, and metaverse and you're going to wonder why it is the way it is. And you may wonder, oh, I should have jumped on this train sooner. Well, right now you have the opportunity and you could be brave and you could go after the fortune or you could just not. I mean, it doesn't have to be metaverse necessarily. Some of you guys are not investing people, which you should be. My recommendation would be to get in on that stuff as soon as possible. Start with a 401k if you know nothing about investing. But investing in general is crucial to your future. 100% I would recommend that. Not financial advice. Don't take any investing advice that I have you know, on this podcast to heart, don't listen to a random guy who is barely above average. <laughs> like, don't listen to me at all, please do your own research. I'm suggesting that you you look into it at least at the bare, bare minimum, because there's, it's going to be a cool world. Eventually, when you get to all of these digital art, like it's already started happening. It's not NFTs necessarily for this example, but it, it's going to be the future for sure. McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, all these fast food chains, they're all going to mobile ordering faster than you know it, by the way. If you still go to Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, any one of those places, and you go to the window and order physically, that's not necessarily wrong. But I, I will say that in five years, it's going to be almost obsolete in my opinion. Maybe it takes longer. Maybe it takes like 10 years. Eventually, ordering your food like that becomes obsolete. And even if you still do that, you're going to be doing it differently than what you do it right now. Give it five to 10 years at most. It may not even take that long. If you go to one of those places and have not ordered your food yet from the app, which is where they're going to do, they're going to the app. So you should follow them because that's the way it's going. Then you'll probably have just a kiosk that you drive up to and you tap on your order and then you hit whatever, type in your card information or maybe they still swipe it over on the window, whatever. But you are going to place your own order essentially. I mean, it's just going to happen like that. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just a simple thing that could be automated Maybe there's mixed feelings. I won't get, you know, too controversial with it, but that's the way it's headed. And me personally, when I go to one of those places, unless it's like a super last minute, did not plan it on a road trip type stop, 
especially if I'm at work, I will always order it on the app first, always. First of all, it saves me time. I pull up to the window, hey, welcome to McDonald's, what can I get for you? Oh, here's my order code. Bam, I show them the order code, it's done. And then I pull up to the window, already paid for, they give me my receipt, I pull up to the next window, they probably have my food ready, if not almost ready, because it's fast food, and I personally don't have too many issues with that being slow unless they're super busy which i understand because they're super busy but normally i get my food within three to five minutes there's a few cars in front of me i wait a few minutes i pull up to the window and then a couple minutes later i get my food and i'm out that's just how that's just how it's going to go so anyway moral of the story do not be fearful just do it take nike's slogan to heart please just do it Move out of the place you wanted to move out of and go to a different city because it will always work out in your favor. And if it doesn't, at least you'll know and you'll be able to say, okay, it didn't work out, but at least you'll know because regret is a son of a B word, if you know what I'm saying. If you are older, you may know what I'm talking about because the the feeling of regret is terrible. The what if behind anything that could have happened in your life sucks. Go out there and just do it. Because knowing is much better than not knowing. And even if it's the answer you don't want, at least you have an answer and you could continue to pursue that direction. Even if it's the answer you don't want, you take that and you're like, hey, I still want to pursue this and you just do it anyway. Or maybe it's like, okay, whatever, it didn't work out, and you go the different direction that you were going to go anyway. The beauty about having decisions in life, if you're at a fork in the road right now in your life, and you have two different decisions to make, and you're debating one or the other. First of all, if you can do both, it's almost always recommended to do both because you could Well, I mean, unless we're talking about like relationships, like you're debating girls or whatever, like don't get too crazy with it. Don't take my words to heart in that sense. I'm just saying like, especially business people, if you're taking two different options, oh, should I do this on TikTok or this on Instagram? Why not both? Why do you have to choose? Do it all. Do everything that you could possibly do, especially if you're someone like me in early 20s, 30s, 40s, even 40s, 50s, like You are still so, and I'm not even there yet. First of all, 50 is a long way away from me personally. But even when I get to 50, I want to be able to look back at this podcast and know that I was doing the right thing for every single person around me, even myself all the time. But if you are like me, early 20s, teens maybe, getting out of high school, college, try everything you can possibly try. Don't listen to other people. Just do it. If you think it might work, just do it. If you think it might have potential, do it. Find out for yourself by just doing it. Because now you'll either know that it works or know that it doesn't. And you move on. And then boom, you have your answer. Instead of spending 10 years contemplating on what would have happened or a year contemplating on just doing it, you could have already had your answer. And in a world where there's Google, You need to be Googling everything you can. Don't not do something because you don't know how to start. 
You literally have Google. You literally have this thing right here for those on YouTube watching right now. You literally have this phone that you can Google stuff on. Like, why are you not doing it? I just don't understand. People get so caught up in, in, in the, oh, I can't do that because I don't know how. Look it up on Google, man. Like, just look it up. Like, that's all you got to do. It's just crazy to me. People put the the worst excuses in front of them for why they don't do stuff. And it's incredible to me. Like, I'm so passionate about, like, this particular episode. We're about an hour in right now. This particular episode is so important to me. And it shows because I put so much effort into it that I'm willing to talk for over an hour with multiple examples about this particular topic. Most of my topics I break up into smaller sections and I can give you all the information that you want or need within a smaller amount of time. This one, I feel like this one could you could elaborate on for sure because that's what stops most people from what they want to do. It's it's just insane to me. We we make things more complicated than what they need to be. When you look at something on paper, what does it say? Two plus two is four. Cool. No debates at all. You, you don't have to debate that at all. It's a fact. Right? You could take the same idea with what I just said and apply it to anything that you want to do. Now, it's not always going to be two plus two equals four. Obviously, that's a, a one-time example for a very broad theme I'm trying to display here. But if you're trying to accomplish something and you always have, oh, this angle and I have kids and I can't do it because of this and, and this and man, you're just, you just don't want to do it, man. Just say you don't want to do it because if you wanted to, you would find a way to do it. Simple as that. The people who want it bad will be successful. There is no other option for them. The people who want it bad will be successful because there is no other option for them. They don't take no. Somebody tells them no and they say, okay, cool. Let me go past you and get to the next person. They say no, cool. Let me go past you and just continue on my path. Just put in the work. You'll never know what's going to happen if you don't put in the work. And the good news is about making a decision is you'll never know the alternative. What if I do this? What if? Go do it. What if I started my own business and it fails? You never know till you try. Start there. Listen, I love this episode so much. And we're actually about to wrap this up here. And I actually have a question for the Q&A part of the episode that I'm going to start doing every single week, by the way. Started, uh, well... I've mentioned it for two straight episodes. I haven't done one yet. So I have my first question, which I'm very grateful for because now we have a starting point to the end of the episode Q&A type vibe that I want to go with. Anyway, the question is, who did I make better today? And I really love this question. I want to elaborate, but I don't want to make this episode too much longer. Anyway, I'm going to give you all the information you still want. I'm just going to condense it. Who do, who do I make better? First of all, the first thing that, that comes to mind 
is myself. Of course, that's the obvious answer. I want to make myself better every single day. But at the same time, I want to make other people better as well, aka this podcast. So who do I make better? Myself. I always go and every single day, we're, we're five episodes in, I'm creating good habits. I'm always making myself better every single day. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. And I would not be lying if I said I did. Because I do, truly. That's truly what I wake up every day and I'm like, man, let me look at some cryptos. What can I buy on the cryptos? What can I do on the podcast? What can I talk about next week? I'm always constantly thinking about that next step and always getting better. Disc golf, always getting better. I just got some new discs to add to my collection, which right now I think I'm, I'm a slightly above beginner right now. And I just added three more discs to my collection. So now I have uh, maybe like 12, 12 discs, which I'm, maybe it's more than that. I don't know. Can't, can't keep uh, track anymore. But I always aim to get better at disc golf too. It's not just one thing. People say, who do I make better? Or, or what can I do to be better? But it's never what are you working on to make yourself better? Because it doesn't have to be just one thing and it doesn't have to be super general either. I think focusing on what you can do better is a good start. Always worry about yourself first, in my opinion. Always try to make yourself better first. It's the why it's why they freaking they do the intercom in the planes when you're on a plane. If you've never been on one, they'd say always adjust your mask before helping someone else. And it's so true. Work on yourself first. Distance yourself from the toxic relationships if you need to, and always make that 1% better decision. Even if you take two steps back, you need to just keep putting in the work to make three steps forward. But I also equally love to make other people better at the same time. So both. Who do I make better? Everybody. Any person that I come into uh, interact with. I just said that the wrong way. Any person that I come across, that I meet that I interact with at all, I literally try to make their day better. Any, by any way possible, even if it's just a small, have a good day. Because with Easter coming up, everybody's gonna be around their families for the holidays, hopefully. I wish you guys the best for Easter. I'm so excited for that. I get a brunch, which by the way, is some of my favorite feud, food, feud, family feud, good God. Some of my favorite food, uh, not just for Easter, but in general, I love brunch, man, and pizza and like tacos or something like that's probably my top three, maybe. I don't know, whatever. So I'm so excited for Easter and excited to just be around my family and be grateful as well. There's a two part question, actually. What am I grateful for? And I, I would say my family and friends for sure. I'm grateful mostly for those people in my life, but also the opportunities that I've been presented because I do know that I have been blessed with more opportunities than most people will get. And I'm going to try to use those to the best of my ability to make it as far as possible in my life and for those around me. But don't be discouraged if you haven't had the most advantageous path up until this point. 
just got to put in the work and be grateful for the process. I'm grateful for literally anything that I can think of. The failures, the successes, which I'm grateful for the failures more so than the successes because anytime you try something new and it doesn't work out, you know it's not for you. You move on to the next. You should be grateful for that because it will hone you into what you want to do more than what you failed at. So two-part question, but ask yourself that as well. Who do you make better? And don't lie to yourself either, because if you're lying to yourself, I'll find you and I'll slap you like Will Smith. But in all seriousness, I won't slap you. There's no violent threats here, okay? In all seriousness, ask yourself and be honest with yourself. Be honest, truly be honest. And I'm watching you right now through this camera. And if you're listening, I'm also watching you. Because being honest with yourself is going, let me say that again. Being honest with yourself is going to be the way that you make yourself better. And that's it. You, you can't make yourself better any other way. You just have to be honest with yourself. And then from there, you can move forward. So I think that about does it for today's episode. Lots of value in this episode, man. If you made it this far, first of all, congratulations because there's a lot of valuable stuff in this episode for myself as well. I'm hype right now, man. I'm I'm freaking hype, dude. And, I, and the episode's over. I wish I could talk for another hour, bro. But anyway, if you stuck around this long, I love you so much. And do not worry because I'm going to come back for another episode, episode six, next Monday, Motivational Monday. And we're going to be right back at it again for another episode. So until then, I'll see you guys. Monday, then I'll see you guys then. <laughs> so the weirdest thing I just said, I'll see you guys next Monday. Take care of yourselves and do your best to be happy. Fight for it. Okay. Peace.